let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, by the fucking dude. Good evening. Um, People on Brenton here, we are back for a pod midway through the World Cup. Uh, we, we sort of decided there, didn't we, Brenton, would take a little bit of a break because there was just football on every night. And yeah, we didn't want to just, yeah, we didn't want to miss it. Plus, like, this isn't our full time job, so it's a bit difficult for us to have to record nine o'clock, half nine, ten o'clock at night every single night and try to get some of us around uh, a microphone at home to get it done as well. So, we just thought, you know, what we'll do it, we'll park it for a little bit, uh, we'll let the rest of the, the pros um, do their dailies and um. Once we're sorted and dusted and there's a bit of a break, we'd come back with a bit of a review, a bit of a preview. Nice, short and simple, only about half an hour of the night, um, getting ready for the quarterfinals now of the World Cup. Brenton, uh, the football side of this World Cup anyway has been chaos at times. Absolutely crazy. I don't know um, if, and I know we're, we're going to focus on the football tonight because, um, t- like, we, if you want to listen to the previous pod we did, um, we try to cover all the issues um, outside of the football. And I think that was really good for us, all of us, actually, to record and, and just to talk through. So that's a really good lesson if you want to listen to the previous pod. Um, but football, like, I, I can't remember... Um, enjoying a major tournament as much as this one like ever I don't think like the you know I don't think there's been you know the way when you look at um sort of fixtures and group games and there's, there's three games a day four games a day and you're like that one like we'll give out a mess like because it's it's gonna be a boring one I don't think there's been that many games like that like and just because there's been upsets in the group like Morocco top in the group. I think everyone kind of realizes why now. Um, but you know, even the likes of Japan getting results against Spain, like a lot of those groups going down to the last games, um, on the last group group days. Um, so it's been chaos, but as you say, like in, in an absolutely brilliant way. Like, and there's been so many things that you could sort of pick out as highlights. Um, you know, from the the people you expected from, like the Mbappes, etc., um, and then just from shocks and surprises, and um, you know, it's it's like you can't take your eye off any game, um, which is brilliant. Yeah, it's it's it really has. Like, there's I think maybe like maybe one or two of the middle round of group games, possibly, um, were really were quite were a bit dull. None completely spring to mind. I'm sure anyone listening to this. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to come in and with our own opinions on it, but the last round of group games, especially, 
was yes. absolutely insane because there was something online online in every group and those teams already qualified but they could possibly not win the groups even those teams but there was every group had something on the line there was only really i think it was qatar and possibly canada going into the last round that couldn't qualify and mm. um, so it was it was mental like and um, well, well, suppose we asked today on our socials, what was your favourite moment? Um, I know someone put in their favourite moment was Gabriel Jesus getting injured. Don't know who that was. It's quite mean. Um, I agree with it. But uh, my favourite moment, yeah. Well, you you didn't need to, you know, if Mon hears this now, then he's going to know it was me. Um, <laughs> my favourite moment was the last twenty minutes of the Argentina, Poland, Mexico, and Saudi Arabia group. <laughs> because that was just absolutely insane because Mexico needed to win 2-0 at at, the, at one point and then it needed to be 3-0 uh, which was fine um, then there was also the chance while it was 2-0 to Mexico and 2-0 to Argentina that because Poland had got a yellow card they were one yellow card away Poland this is from lots being drawn basically like a flip of a coin basically to see who goes through the next round Mexico were absolutely going gung-ho Chavez scored an unbelievable free kick one of the goals of the tournament and um, almost scored another one Raul Jimenez was flying forward uh, I mean some I don't know what he was doing at one point but um he was flying <laughs> forward they were absolutely going mental and trying so hard for it and then all of a sudden that was in the 93rd, 94th minute. Saudi Arabia scored one of the best team goals of the whole tournament <laughs> and just completely chinned them to put them out. And that was it. Uh, Mexico going home with Saudi Arabia and Poland and Argentina through. And it was an amazing 20 minutes. You could feel uh, like social media and everything and WhatsApp groups all just buzzing with excitement for it because you didn't know what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there was a couple <clears throat> of groups that finished like that. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like I, Just similar to that, like the next day, um, was the Japan, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany group, and like I don't know what the combinations were there. I think at, at one stage all four combinations were possible, which is how does that happen? Like on, a, like just mathematically, you know, working it out, coming down to the final group game, um, <clears throat> and like with Costa Rica, like in that group. With first of all Germany and Spain and, and then Japan too, like who um have been, you know, getting better um in these tournaments. Like the fact that they were going through at one stage with Japan, um and I think it was it wasn't a very long period of time that that was happening. Um and then uh, eventually Germany going out um when they when they'd come back and, and win the game. Um and funnily enough, we're relying on Spain um, to break Japan down, but it didn't happen. Um, the I was actually flipping between the two games, like yeah, literally minute by minute, which is so cool. Like it's so exciting, and um, it seems like in a World Cup, anything is possible, and that's why you like you tune into to the death of these games and. And he added on time, and obviously, um, Germany. I think were, um, were out, or were they? No, they were still playing, and they were out. Yeah, and, and they couldn't do anything about it. Like so, um, yeah, that was the, the some of the final group games, um, and obviously the fact that they're on at the same time, you know, is 
adds to the drama too. Oh, like it's unreal, and the fact that FIFA, the the bag of dung, are trying to change the format um, for the next World Cup, where it could be groups of three, and and we won't get this because you know one team will will be like a, a game ahead of the of another team in the group, so they'll know that a draw is enough to to see them through, and it'll be real. It takes away the jeopardy of it. So hopefully, with forty eight teams, you can still work out groups of four. FIFA can work something out where we still have this because this has been unreal the end of this group the end of that group stage was unbelievable yeah. with all the drama we thought the drama was done Brenton and then last night we had um, Morocco chaining and putting Spain out in penalties just a great nil nil wasn't it like it was <laughs> yeah and and to be <coughs> into like have you seen a lot of this a lot of Spanish not so much the Spanish players, but no, our Spanish media. But Rodri even come out. There's been yeah. some elements of Spanish media criticizing how Morocco play. Morocco won. That's yeah. all that matters. Like Morocco are through and going to the quarterfinals. That's all that matters, regardless of how they played. And also, like I saw, um, I think it was Liam Toomey quote tweeted that Rodri um, quote and sort of said, you know, it's nearly like players who play for like possession heavy teams have been brainwashed into thinking that that's the only way to play like and anything else any other style of play any other tactic is somehow um kind of not on that level um is beneath that and when you think about well first of all i think both teams expected goals for the exact same so it's not like Spain were creating chance upon chance upon chance. Morocco could have scored a couple of goals in that game as well. Um, but all they did was pass the ball. Like it, it's impressive to an extent, but when you're not, you know, penetrating, um, like for example, Brazil did against South Korea, like for example, Portugal obviously did against Switzerland. It's not like Spain, um, were at that level. And, you know, I think, yeah, I was listening to the uh, Five Live Football Daily and, and Guillaume Balaga said like they're Spain are not on the level of those other teams. Like he mentioned England and he mentioned Brazil and um the likes of Portugal as well. The you know, as as nice as it is sometimes Enrique has a style and that's the only style he has. If it doesn't work though, um you saw last night if a team is disciplined and if they're willing to, you know, all work as a unit and, and break on the counter, um, then Spain has a big problem. But like, I, I look, everyone that knows me in this podcast, and they weren't even shit houses last night in Morocco. They they had a game plan. Stuck by Sophie and Amrabat. There was like five of him on the pitch at one point. He was absolutely ridiculous in midfield. Yeah, he was. He was unbelievable. Um, I loved it. I I think I said this to you before, and I said I tweeted about it as well. We need to give North Africa, uh, uh, and Morocco especially, a World Cup. They need to be involved in hosting a World Cup. Their fans are absolutely incredible. Wow. Uh, really have added to the atmosphere. Uh, whenever ge- their games have been on, and I mean the quarter final against Portugal is going to be very very intense. Um, at, at the weekend. Um. 
and and credit to them, and I think it's class for Africa. We haven't had an African semi finalist. Um, Morocco have a good chance. Portugal yeah. looked really good last night, but it was probably the first game they have looked unreal in. Now, it helped. Obviously, there was the the talking all about Ronaldo being dropped and different things took the pressure off. Gonzalo Ramos announced himself on the world scene at the World Cup, uh, especially his first goal. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, what happened there too was Bruno Fernandes, two things. He didn't have to be the, the key man and he didn't have to worry about Ronaldo. He only had to worry about himself because Jao Felix took over that game. Yeah. And was immense at times. Obviously, Ramos got mm. the hat trick. Bernardo Silva's is usually busy self, but Jao Felix was superb. And it took, you could see a bit of pressure coming off Bruno Fernandes, and he could be himself. He's five assists, I think, it's so far, maybe more now in this tournament. Um, and they look really, really good. But it'll be a completely different beast against Morocco with that fan base. And, and that's a quarter final I'm actually really looking forward to because as, as you'd have you would have Portugal favourites, but. Morocco have only conceded, haven't conceded a goal from an opposing player in this tournament, <laughs> including three penalties against Spain and a penalty shootout. So they know what they're yeah. at. So they'll just stick to the same game plan. Ziyech looks like Ajax Ziyech. Different player, isn't he? Um, yeah. Seiss has been great, and I know he's potentially might have a hamstring injury, so we'll see how he is. Obviously, we've mentioned Amrabat was superb. Um, Sofian Bufal has been... Oh, yeah. Bufal as well has been... Unreal at times too. Bono and goals, they'll fancy it, and they'll have the whole. They'll have a lot of people behind them for this uh, match coming up at the weekend, making history, being the first African side to do it. So I wouldn't write them off. Um, but Ramos last night, Britain, yikes! <clears throat> yeah, it was. Um, it was the big talking point, wasn't it, before the game? Like. Um making uh, Santos making that call um is is obviously a pretty big one. Um you know, no matter how sort of clear you think it is, like <clears throat> just the the coverage that he knew Dropping Ronaldo would get and if it went wrong, how he would get the blame and you know, everybody would jump on the decision. But <clears throat> Gonzalo Ramos like you you can see why he made that call. Obviously, um, he'd obviously been seeing it in training. Um, the the confidence was high. It really obviously helped him that he got the first goal like quite early in the first twenty minutes. I think it was, um, and just kind of clicked on from there. Like he could have scored a few more. I think as well. Like he had a really big chance. Um, can't remember. It was in the first. I think it might have been the first half uh, where he was through again. Um, Summer made a good save, um, but. Yeah, it just looks like a just looks like a poacher, like a um, special sort of number nine who's gonna hold the ball up for you. Um, it's one of the things that Spain obviously were missing last night. I know they brought Murata on, but um, like someone of that quality who is gonna start for you, gonna be that kind of like we talked about it this year on the pod, like. <clears throat> Liverpool going back to a big number nine, Man City going back to a big number nine with with Darwin and, and Haaland, um, and seems to be the way things are trending again, um, and you know you see it working there, um, 
for Portugal so well last night. Um, you know, even balls coming into him, it's working obviously for France as well. It just reminded me of Giroud, like, um, and just little touches here and there, setbacks to to Fernandez, and then he can pick a you know a third man runner. Um, it was lovely, lovely football, and I don't think. Ronaldo offers you that anymore. The the going in behind or the offering himself, um, you know, in deep, uh, and uh, you know, you obviously now for the rest of the tournament, as far as they go, you you can't see Ronaldo starting again because because Ramos just he's not as good. So good, no. He's he's not at his current level. He's not as good as Ramos and what Ramos offers to Portugal. Uh, all all time, obviously he's better. Yeah. Uh, but uh, compared, like the, it's just not. It shouldn't be in Santos' thinking now. It should be Ronaldo's on the bench. I'll use him if I need him. Uh, possibly won't need him. Um, so yeah, that, that's the way it should be. And look, it's for Ronaldo. Obviously, it's it's going to be devastating, especially because he's a humongous ego. But um, the fact that he's going to be on the bench. On the World Cup, so everyone's going to see it's probably worse for him, but, but just it to, is what it is, Cristiano. For, for Portugal as well, though, just to like look at it from another kind of angle, like the, the, the players they have on the bench, like the, I still think Ronaldo is impactful from the bench. You know what I mean? Like, if you need a goal, he, he's so good in the air. If you're going to lump it in, um, he, he can create that moment of magic uh, out of nothing. Um, but the likes of like Rafael they brought on. Um, I think Cancelo was on the bench, Ruben Neves, uh, Vitinha, you know, they have a very... Diogo Jota's at home as well. Exactly, yeah, like, um, did I say Andres Silva too, do you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. I don't know if, like, any of us <laughs> kind of thought about Portugal before the tournament, but, um, probably just because any time you talk about the focus was on Ronaldo, but, um, Certainly, they look like they're growing um, in confidence and uh, performance-wise. They they really um, it'll be such a good game, will they? Like against Morocco. Like I just hope yeah. Morocco aren't completely spent. No, that's one thing I was, uh, and I'm touching on another team that possibly might be the same. But that's one thing I was, I was thinking too. Um, because it was such a humongous moment. It was their first time in their history getting through the quarterfinals, beating Spain, a, a rival. Um, uh, obviously, Hakimi doing the panenka. Um, he was born in Madrid, but he's very much Moroccan, and he grew up eating Moroccan food, living Moroccan lifestyle in in Getafe, um, in a suburb in Madrid. And and he said himself, he very much feels Moroccan. And then for him to do <laughs> to do that to win it, like, but. That's gonna be it's gonna be fiery. It's gonna be really, really good. It's probably gonna be um, overshadowed by two of the other quarterfinals, which we'll touch on in a minute. But I think it's uh, it's one of one that me, me and you're very excited about. I think it's probably third in the list of ones that you think could be uh, really good game, really tight. The other probably the one that you think uh, won't will be a bit easier is Brazil against Croatia. I I don't really like this Croatian team at all. Um, I felt really sorry for unlucky for Japan. I think Japan had they were there for the taking. To be honest, I thought Japan did have the beating of them, but um, I think yeah, this Croatia team. I don't really see them troubling Brazil at all. Um, yeah, I mean, if you 
if you watch those two games, um, the round of 16 games, um, Brazil's, our first of all, Croatia's now Brazil's, um, it was like night and day. Um, as you say, um, it was the first game was uh, the, the Croatia Japan game was a bit of a slog. Um, like, yeah, that they had to take off Modric and, and Kovacic, um, because they were their legs were going in extra time. Um, they didn't look really inspiring in any way. Um, and I think Japan probably would look back on that and um, sort of see it as a missed opportunity. Um, I don't know what Japan maybe just had an off day after that, you know, big win against Spain. Um, sort of happening what I hope doesn't happen to Morocco, which is, you know, you're, you're coming off such a high and then to try and get yourself up again for, for a knockout game and, and Morocco's um, case another big knockout game. Um, but yeah, comparing that to the kind of the stroll in the park that Brazil had, um, you know, the, the fact that they were 4 0 up at half time and kind of, I know they conceded in the second half, but were able to, to cruise after that. Like, I mean, they brought Allison off, um, to, to complete the, the 26 man World Cup squad. Um, I think they've all played now, which is the first time ever. Um, so it, it just shows you how comfortable they were. And like, I think they're, they're maybe only in third year, Brazil. Like, they, yeah, you can kind of see why. Like, I pre tournament, like, hadn't seen a lot of Brazil just because, like, like the, the, Tournaments, obviously, it had been the Euros, and then you know you naturally just watch the European qualifiers. Um, but they they just look so. The thing about Brazil is, is that obviously you associate like the stuff that Neymar and Vinicius and Richarlison, Rafinha, Paqueta, even you just associate that with Brazil, but like the. The defense has been really, really good too. Like, and then when you've got Allison too, like he made a couple of cracker shaves in that South Korean game, um, and they look quite solid at the back. Like even Thiago Silva has assessed for that with Charleston though. Like what he was doing there, I didn't yeah. know. Like, but absolutely <laughs> lovely. Like, um, yeah. So I, I just think they'll be too strong. Like, and it's, <clears throat> I think they'll expect to beat Croatia. And Croatia will expect Brazil to beat them, and then it'll just be, I think, another checkbox for for Brazil, um, and they will get through. Yeah, I think like everybody at the start of the tournament focuses on obviously Neymar, and then the fact Ricardson was picked, and Ricardson started, and then he has the unreal goal in the first game. He's two goals the first game. I think he's on three goals now, um, and he's playing quite well. And uh, people talk about obviously Casemiro on different in midfield, who's just superb. And they talk about the defence and uh, different things. And then, oh, I hang on, they've got Allison as well. Yeah. And you're like, oh, all right. And and at the minute, like Allison 
in my opinion anyway, is the best goalkeeper in the world. And this season especially, he has been unreal for Liverpool. Trust me, I know, because without him, we would be completely goosed. And then just he's turned up at the World Cup of Brazil and he just looks sublime. And, and when you have that, they have Brazil have all the ingredients to really go the, all the way. But there's a few teams still left in it that will definitely um, think they have a good chance. And three, possibly four of them, we're going to chat about next. Uh, the first game, Friday night, actually, uh, this quarterfinal, Argentina v Holland. Oof, that has a bit of history behind it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a bit. We're talking about teams maybe spent. Mm. Uh, I don't believe this, but there is certainly a talk that maybe Argentina, uh, the players, the fans, It's there's been too many highs, you know, like too many emotional moments already. And um, going up against Holland in this quarterfinal is maybe going to be one step too far and that possibly Holland could be too streetways. What do you think? I don't know about that. Holland were straight. Like I don't, I don't agree with it. Like I just, I've, people I've spoken <clears> to <throat> and I've seen people say possibly when they're favouring Holland for this. Yeah, I think like <clears throat> people definitely kind of half myself included, half fancy the USA going into that round of sixteen game against the Netherlands, and like yeah, just, me too. It never um, came to be that way. Like. Um, the Dutch were, were much too savvy. Um, like the experience of World Cups, you could see it. Um, they took their chances when they came. Um, like they, um, they were able to sort of ride any storms that the USA brought. Um, but <laughs> I think it'll it'll obviously be it'll be a different uh, case against against Argentina. Like I, I can't see. Really, like we're at the stage where it's the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? Like the the teams that are at the stage have got here because they're really good. Like um, they're more than likely in good form. Maybe looking at the whole draw, minus Croatia, you would probably say. Um, but the um the rest of the teams definitely are trending. I would say. Um, I, I just think I was um, I was listening to to a podcast today, and um, it was it was about Messi and um, just about how his <clears throat> his teammates actually just really want this World Cup for him. They want to get the Maradona monkey off his back, um, even though there's like it doesn't have to obviously prove anything. But I think, like Brazil, they're kind of they're on that um, trajectory where they they just see this as as another hurdle that they're pro- that they're going to get over. And like I think Argentina were um, more impressive than than I probably thought they were going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Against um against Australia, because that could have been like a very it was in the end a very tricky game, but um like they they dominated um the ball um and they like they camp they, they camp quite again I hadn't sort of seen a lot of Argentina and you know maybe the last eighteen months, but 
um, they'll try and camp in your half and, and try and break you down. Like I don't even know if Australia had a shot on target, maybe one or two. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting because I know Louis Van Gaal has been kind of criticised for for his style and it being boring and um, sort of not what the what the fans want. Um, but that's that's kind of a clash of styles and um, like there's no doubt that that the Netherlands will will try and like even against the USA like try and get them on the counter um, mm-hmm. and sort of expose any any lapses that Argentina have. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be were... a, a, a tag against the France basically. They were well, first when they can lean on Messi. They were um, they were so good for the first goal, especially uh, against USA the other night. Um, uh, the Netherlands, like it was so crisp, um, completely ripped them to pieces. And this is a USA side that, especially in midfield, um, I played this England midfield. Yeah, that's getting many many plaudits um, for how it performed the other night. And we were the much better side. Should have beaten England. Really should have beaten England. Um, much and, and how the Netherlands just dispatched of them. Really, they couldn't get the ball at times, and they were just running, chasing shadows. And especially Frankie De Jong, very underrated performance the other night. Just kept everything ticking over, and was very, very simple. Uh, Aki and Van Dijk as well in the middle with Timber were able to just come in and out and pass it and move it and, and get it going again. And it was just um, it was it was a really, really uh, clever and clinical performance by Holland the other night so I think that it'll be Argentina's toughest challenge absolutely no doubt in that but um, I don't know I heard that Messi podcast as well today I think you're talking about and I know we spoke about this as well the other night we were watching it something the just something feels like it's just it's just Messi's time there's just something feel I know this France side we're going to talk about them in a minute look absolutely ridiculous but mm-hmm. Football works in a really weird and strange ways. And the more you, you look at it, the more the way he's been playing and the more the way Argentina have been playing, the way he's carrying himself now. Like, uh, normally with Messi, maybe people have thought he's not cold, but maybe shy and sort of a wee bit introvert and wouldn't, didn't want to speak to certain journalists or different people and was sort of... You could see on his face, he could feel the weight of Argentina on his shoulders. Yeah. Whereas now you can see he wants the weight of Argentina on his shoulders. Like those last 20 minutes the other night against Australia, he was absolutely sublime. Latar mm-hmm. Martin- Martinez owes him <laughs> quite a lot uh, because the amount of chances he missed. If that was Alvarez, who's been in sublime form, he's been brilliant, brilliant form. Like Argentina win that 3 4 nil or 3 4 1, sorry, because obviously Australia scored. But, you know, they win it a lot more comfortably because Messi just decided, hang on, we're a bit under the cost here, picked the ball up, and away he went. And they couldn't stop him, couldn't get near him. Uh, and he was just, oh, it was just amazing some of the times. And you could still see the old spark in him when he was ghosting past people as well, which is class. And I think that we've, we're looking at a Brazil-Argentina semi-final, which is just, <laughs> uh, this is just ridiculous. And there's just something about it. Just Maybe it's just me because I want it to be, but it just feels like this is Messi's time and, a bit like Maradona, obviously two 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 years since Maradona passed, and and the way things are going, and that's Argentinian support. What I'd really love is Morocco v Argentina final for the fan bases. That would be a wild, 
because <laughs> um, uh, I was a bit disappointed in Brazil's fan base. Really, well, Argentina's have been amazing. Like, but yeah, that's what really want the and as well too. Like Messi against Van Dijk. Come on, this is this is a clash. Yeah, this is this is a clash that people want to see. And and obviously, as a Liverpool fan, you want Van Dijk to come out on top. But then, like, I don't think this Holland side can go and win it. And I would love to see Messi win the World Cup. I don't care about the Messi Ronaldo bit debate. Like, I really don't. It's just for Messi to have it. Um, and in my opinion, he'd be the greatest footballer of all time. Yes, but just to have it because he's had so much on top of his shoulders for Argentina and hasn't won enough and blah blah blah. And he's already got the Copa America, which was massive. They haven't won it since 1983, and then to do this um, would be brilliant. But he is going to need Rodrigo de Paul to keep playing the way he's playing in midfield. He's going to mm. need Enzo Fernandez to keep playing the way that he's playing in midfield. He can't He's been a yeah, Enzo. A lot of people maybe haven't seen an Enzo Fernandez because I haven't watched Benfica at times this season. I think a lot of people know about him now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's t- all there's Jude Bellingham and there's Enzo Fernandez, are the two young midfielders, and obviously Sophie Amrabat's coming out of it as well from Morocco. His performance are the the midfielders coming out of this World Cup with um, a lot of credit, and a lot of people are going to be looking at them and wanting them because they just look. Absolutely ridiculous, especially Enzo Fernandez. He looks like the future of Argentinian football. Mm-hmm. Um, the other game then is, I'd say it's the biggest game. Yeah. Uh, maybe because obviously it's England and I'm whatever, but uh, for, for where we're based, but England v France on Saturday evening. Uh, there's a lot of talk of how England played against Senegal um, and how Jude Bellingham played against Senegal uh, with George Henson. Uh, sorry, Liverpool's Jude Bellingham there played with, with Jordan Henderson there on Saturday um, the other night. But I, Brenton, I, and I could be way wrong, and this will be on recording now, so people will be able to bring it up. I, I just I see France winning comfortably. So do I, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just think, you know, yes, I think England has an unbelievable kind of midfield forward line um like if you look from kind of Declan Rice up um Anderson's been very good in this tournament it probably will be the um <coughs> sorry unless as they're talking about he goes to a back three um which may or may not happen but if you're looking at the, the sort of Henderson Rice Bellingham who've all been very very good and Saka, Foden, and Kane. Um, that's that's a world class like that. But in behind that, um, I just don't think it is world class from there backwards. Um, yeah. Stones and Maguire and Shaw, especially. Um, Walker, yes, I know he's pace and like he he, he was in for the. Um, he did the press conference. I think today it was for England. And he's saying, you know, asking, obviously asking him about Mbappe, um, <clears throat> and he said, you know, it's not just Mbappe against England; it's France against England, and kind of trying to play it down a bit. But um, that's going to be a massive test. Like, a, I don't know if you saw, like, Matty Cash came out afterwards, and he just said, like, I, I like, I did my best. Like, I, I like. I thought I he basically said I thought I played well like, and he got absolutely roasted like, for Poland. And 
<laughs> like he didn't look like he played well, but that's just what Mbappe can can do to somebody. And it seems like he yeah. Won. I felt very sorry for him. Yeah. To be honest. Um, it seems like he's on that form where you know he's just gonna decide, right? I'm gonna do it now, and I'm, that's it over. Like you don't have a choice. Um, and I think like right across that um, that French team, they've they've world class players, and especially uh, the the Dembele, Griezmann, Mbappe, and Giroud against that back three, back four, whatever it may be. I think yeah. it's going to be too much. The Griezmann point is where I was going, and I'm glad you mentioned it. There is an argument that he has been uh, possibly France's best player in this tournament. Now, Mbappe has five goals. This sounds stupid. <laughs> but Mbappe Mb- Mb- has uh, five goals and I think one or two assists, right? But Griezmann has been unbelievable in that role in midfield. He's played at 10, he's played at 8, he's played at 6, he's dropped in the fullback, he's won the ball, he started moves. He just keeps him ticking over. And it is, oh, I love Antoine Griezmann. You know this, I love Antoine Griezmann. I wanted Liverpool to sign him for years. That's more than not going to happen now. Um, but uh, clearly, whatever Simeone has been doing at uh, Atletico Madrid, this Griezmann under Deschamps has been unleashed. And he, he's been one of the players of the tournament, easily. He's been so, so, so good for France. And the fear I have for England is, in the first 35 minutes on Sunday night, they were wide open in midfield. Now, part of this is because uh, when the first, when England scored their first goal, who was the two furthest players forward? Bellingham and Henderson. They're pushing the, those two on in attack and Harry Kane obviously drops deep so that's why they need more runners going forward because Foden hangs wide Saka hangs wide they don't necessarily come in make diagonal runs in that was tweaked obviously and Phil Foden mentioned it at times but for the first 35 minutes Dagner Rice is on his own a yeah. bit and it was really easy to play through the Dia goes through for uh, a one-on-one and he gets he gets caught up with the ball on his feet and he gets caught by Stones and Maguire in the end if that's Sadio Mane in Sunday night that's 1-0 yeah, and then England are in a completely different game. If that happens on Saturday night against France, England are going to get chinned. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because France have obviously better players than Senegal do, and they'll they'll absolutely rip them to pieces and punish them. And unless Declan Rice, ha- if he goes, I think he has to stick with that team he played the other night. I I think going to a three, changing it, I don't know if that's going to work. You're sort of unbalancing yourself to try and suit and try and just nullify France hoping that you can get something whereas I don't think that's England's best time. I think England need to sort of in a balanced way go at France yeah. and bring it to them with Bellingham, with Henderson Foden, Saka, Kane but what they need to do is there's going to have to be times where Henderson's going to have to sit beside Declan Rice and help him because if he's left on his own Rice is unreal a brilliant footballer probably going to go to Chelsea and win a lot of trophies and it's going to make me very sad but that's probably going to happen right He's he is a really, really good footballer and at Anfield I mentioned it before and I mentioned the podcast mentioned the night at Anfield this year for West Ham same thing was sort of happening they were getting overrun in midfield and then Declan Rice decided like nah this stops now and he stopped it I don't think he can do that on his own against France and if he doesn't get enough help they're in big trouble because 
as good at times as Harry Maguire and John Stones can look, especially for England, they'll get picked apart. Yeah. They just will. And and a lot of it is Kyle Walker's going to have to do a lot of focus on Mbappe, Mbappe obviously. But <laughs> she ruins the record goal score for France now. Dembele has come into his own. Um, he's had a good year at Barcelona. He looks so dangerous with the ball. He would... Never mind Mbappe. I think I'd start crying if Dembele was running at me too because you don't know what he's going to do. At least you know with Mbappe. At least, yeah, at least you know with Mbappe. He's going to knock it past me, I think, here. I'm just not going to be able to catch him. And he's really strong. But Dembele could stand still beside you in a phone box and not yeah. make you. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, this is horrendous. And then you've big, gorgeous Olivier in, in, in the centre. You've Griezmann coming through. People think uh, maybe England's midfield's a bit stronger than France's. I don't think so. I think France overall are much better on paper than, than this England side. And it's not a massive criticism. England are decent, good. They're a good, good side. They're probably the third, them and Portugal, third, fourth best teams left in it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I'd say it's Brazil. I'd say it's Brazil, France, Argentina, because of obviously Messi, uh, with Argentina especially. I don't think overall Argentina, but just because of who they have. And then it's France, or sorry, it's um, Portugal and England. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. They're all they're all close. Um, though, you know I, like they're, they're all yeah. they're all close. There's, there's no there's no real massive standout, unbelievable team that you think can't be stopped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's where I worry for this thing. I think it's going to be again. I'm maybe jinxing it. I think it'll be a brilliant game. Yeah, but I think France will win by two clear goals. I, I just think like um the the way you're saying about England coming out at France, like I think that actually will happen. Just just with the like Declan Rice came out afterwards and said, like, you know, why why do we have to be afraid of France? Why can they not be afraid of us? The way Kelly Walker was talking yeah. um, in his press conference today. I just think this England team um are very they're very confident in themselves and They've done well recently in big tournaments. They probably feel like this is the one where they can go to that next step. And um, certainly, if they beat France, they'll be full of confidence um, beating the, the world champions. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's um, it is going to be really good. It's um, definitely one not to be missed. Yeah, it's 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 super stupidly exciting. Um, two two sides with a lot of talent. Um, Harry Kane has now scored in this World Cup, so that's going to be a bonus for England. But, uh, yeah, I just see France going through myself. But we'll see. We'll be we'll obviously talk about it afterwards. Who are your four semi finalists? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Just before we go, um, we should probably do our predictions. Um, yes. Well, I think we 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 both sort of said there, and we both thank France. Um. France, yeah. Brazil, that's the other easy one. Agreed. Um, I'm going to go with the two semi-finals. You're going to go with Morocco, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go Morocco v France. And I'm going to go Brazil v... Yeah, and I'm going to go Brazil v Argentina. Morocco France will be wild. Like there's so many Moroccans live in France. It's daft. It'll be insane. Um 
I just think as well, like, and I'm stupid, like, I think, oh, it needs to happen, and um, I'm always big positive head and different things, like, and, but I, just, I think the World Cup needs it now for an African nation to make a semi-final. I think it, it needs to happen, and I think they have a great chance. As good as Portugal were the other night, Switzerland were horrendous. I don't know how you win the last 16. Yeah, I don't know how you go in the last 16 and you decide to change tactics. Obviously, Also, okay, you had injuries, don't get me wrong, and then just look completely diabolical yeah. in the first half and see yourselves out of the World Cup. I don't know how that happens. Um, after you're looking so solid and so good at times in your own group, um, really, really strange. But and I just think this Moroccan side, they look really hungry for it. Um, but that'll be a great game. But yeah, I think Morocco, I think it'll be as well. We're going to be treated to finally Brazil-Argentina semi-final. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I... <laughs> Yeah, and then I, I want that to happen, so I'll say Brazil, Argentina, but I, I'm gonna go Portugal. Yeah, Portugal, France. Well, Portugal, France be a great game too, and I think the final will be France, Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll come back to that. We'll come back after the round, the quarterfinals. Uh, we'll come back maybe on Sunday yeah. night and do a roundup, and also we'll be talking about there's be um. Club football will be starting soon as well, and there'll be transfer windows about to kick off and go mental soon too. So we'll have all that. Um, folks, thanks for listening. I know we've been away for a little while, but we're back now. Um, again, we're just going to do these after each sort of round of games, and then we'll get back into our routine once uh, the club football comes back. There's the Carling Cups coming up, or whatever it's called now, the Carabao Cup, and then obviously the leagues kick back, especially the Premier League on the 26th, uh, which is Boxing, Ocean Stevens Day, however you call it. Um, yeah, thanks again for listening. Um, it's been strange today, Brenton. We had it used to know ten o'clock yeah. games, and now we've no yeah. games. I didn't like it at all. I felt uneasy yeah. today. Yeah, just looking forward to this podcast, always. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, chat to you soon, folks. Enjoy the four games on Friday and Saturday night. Hopefully, they're all four crackers. Um, hopefully, the chaos uh, resumes in the World Cup. We get extra time winners, penalty winners. Teams chin the whole the whole shebang. Great goals, sending offs, fights, everything. I want it all. But um, yes, see you again soon. Oh, catch all of us on the football babble on Twitter and Instagram. Get us on patreon.com forward slash football babble pod. And um, yes, keep getting involved. Thanks for all your comments and all your messages as well. And um, speak to you again soon. Good luck.